Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello, everyone. This is Ugo Che, and this is the Traveling Image Makers Podcast. We're back on the show after a few weeks uh, hiatus because of uh, concurrent travel and, uh, and other occupations that we have. And uh, But we're back. And unfortunately, this time, Ralph, my co-host, uh, could not be with us because he's uh, traveling somewhere in Portugal, I believe. But he will be back in one of the next episodes. Uh, but I didn't want to... Uh, delay anymore the publication of other episodes and um, so I decided to to interview our guest of this week because uh, she's a very uh, interesting personality if I may say so uh, her name is Stefania Boglioli you might uh, hear from from the name clearly Italian uh, but currently living in the UK after having been lived in in various places around the world and we'll uh, hear her story soon so on her website she calls herself a photographer philosopher writer and wanderer uh, which is, uh, I think, very interesting. Uh, she says also uh, she's a blogger, a visual storyteller, and a travel companion with a passion for sharing her journeys and her perspective with fellow curious travelers. Her trips are infused with culture, beauty, and the inex- unexpected thanks to her passion for literature, the arts, and exoter- esotericism. Sorry. So uh, that's uh, th- that's great. I'm really uh, curious to to interview Stefania to have her on on the phone with uh, with me today. Hello, Stefania. How are you? Hello, Hugo. Thanks for having me. It's great <laughs> to have you for here. For the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so. What else can you can you add to this uh, to this intro? Can you maybe tell a little bit about the, the story of your life? I hinted to the fact that you've lived uh, in various countries. Uh, you're originally from Italy, but now you live in the UK. So what's uh, what's the story behind that? Yeah, I've been around. <laughs> yeah, I actually mentioned philosopher in my in my bio because I have a degree in philosophy that I. Um, that were my studies, uh, and I initially started working as a journalist in Milan, but I soon <laughs> found out that wasn't really the life I wanted, and uh, I left for Africa, and that was the beginning of my journeys. <laughs> so that was the beginning of everything, and then I've been kind of bouncing back and forward from Africa and Europe, basically. <laughs> um, so now you're in England. Yes, right. England. That is the latest <laughs> on the map. <laughs> yeah. Good. You you lived how how many years in Africa? I was in Africa for twelve years in Kenya. Mm-hmm. I left in two thousand fifteen. I was there from two thousand and three to two thousand fifteen. And what were you doing down there? <laughs> yeah, that's a long story. 
<laughs> if you want to say, I mean. <laughs> oh yes, of course. <laughs> you can edulcorate uh, the story a little bit if it, if it has <laughs> parts that need edulcorating. Went to Africa for what I thought would be a sabbatical. Mm. I had never taken a sabbatical year after university or so, so I. I felt I deserved a break. I was very unhappy about my career choices, uh, the place where I was living. I was very uneasy about my life in Milan. I felt very claustrophobic and I had been dreaming of Africa for years. Uh, obviously nourishing my dreams with the novels of Karen Blixen, Cookie Galman, Pat Cavendish O'Neill, very dangerous readings for everyone, <laughs> very dangerous. So eventually, I don't know, one day I just had enough, so I resigned and I booked a ticket, a three months stay in Kenya, that was the maximum my visa would allow, uh, where I thought I would just go and see if I could find what I was looking for and, and myself. And um, yeah, I uh, actually found my husband. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I kind of never came back. I never used that return ticket that I had actually bought. <laughs> so I actually Kenya was all I expected and more. Um, so definitely my gut feeling was right <laughs> and uh, with the man that then became my husband we kind of scouted the country for, for months to find a place that we could call our own and uh, where to open a safari camp which we did we found a place near Tsavo East National Park and uh, we ran a camp there for four years and that was my first <laughs> uh, Kenyan times. And then uh, later we had to sell, unfortunately. Um, Kenya is often facing um, political turmoil when uh, there are elections, so every four years, unfortunately. And uh, often this um, translates into countries uh, issuing veto for tourists to travel to Kenya. So we found ourselves from having a thriving business to having no business mm -hmm. <laughs> and eventually decided to sell and move to Nairobi. And that was a bit my second, second uh, life in Africa because from running a tourist camp, we ended up working in the renewable energies. That was my, my husband's dream to, to work in the field of renewable, renewable energies. So we opened a company that is still working in Nairobi. And uh, yeah, we remained there <laughs> for the remaining time I was there. But you eventually returned to Europe. Yeah, because unfortunately, uh, I mean, business was very good and it's been a fantastic experience, but it wasn't my dream, it was my husband's dream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and after 15 plus hours, work days for years, no Saturdays, Sundays, no holidays, and everything while trying to grow a, a young family, I had two very young children at the time, I, I was seriously burned out. Okay. <laughs> So I had to I had to act before it was too late, and and by the time my my marriage also was beyond repair, and the whole thing had a bit. So I decided to start over, and I decided Scotland to be the place where I could start over. <laughs> so why in particular those two places? Because also you say on uh, on your about page that 
you say part of my heart will always be on the plains of Africa and the other on the highlands of Scotland. And so why, what's the draw of those two places to, to your soul? Yeah, I know everyone struggles to get that one. It's always something that makes eyes raise to the, to the sky and look at me like there is something wrong with her. <laughs> well, uh, I left Kenya for many reasons and mainly related to the fact that by then I was a single mother with two small children. So, you know, there are some issues related to that, but I never stopped loving the country. So when I had to relocate, I, I tried to find a place that could provide me with the same things that I loved about Kenya. So the space, the freedom, the wilderness, the adventure. I just wanted to find somewhere where I could have the same, but in a different setup. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Scotland seemed to me the perfect match. However, I'd never been there. <laughs> and uh, But uh, Scotland and Kenya had many similarities in my experience because it was a place I always wanted to visit and I'd never been. It was a place for which I had a very strong gut feeling, and I was right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, till today, these are the two places that have my heart and uh, where I truly feel I belong. What are the similarities? I mean, I can easily think of differences. I mean, the climate, of course, the weather. <laughs> there are no lions in Scotland, <laughs> except on, <laughs> on the yeah. emblem and in zoos, but giraffes and so on, they're not easy to find, but uh, what, what are the similarities? Uh, Scotland has a lot of space. Mm. It's a place where, you know, your eyes can roam. And that's something very important for me, you know, your horizon is always very wide and far, <laughs> uh, is not overbuilt or overpopulated. It provides you, or at least me, a um, strong sense of freedom. Um, and it's a place where, uh, like Kenya, uh, nature speaks louder than men. So where it's nature playing the, you know, the, the main character in the play. And that is probably what, you know, triggers me, what fuels me. I, I, I truly enjoy and find inspiration in places like that. So I am not a city girl. <laughs> <laughs> Photographically speaking, do you do those countries inspire you in particular? I mean, you like taking like more landscape, wilderness shots, uh, people, culture. What's your uh, what you're drawn to? I mean, definitely Scotland is, uh, I think, the landscape photographer heaven. <laughs> Particularly if you are like, in, you know, if you're into mm -hmm. kind of like strong. Uh, uh, romantic dramatic images so that is for sure <laughs> Kenya it's uh, it's a more varied experience to my opinion because Kenya um, has a very varied landscape so we go from uh, the desert in the north to lunar you know landscapes like in Lake Turkana to Mount Kenya to the green hills around Nairobi the vast highlands the tropical coastline, it's all completely covered in tropical jungle and uh, rainforests. Um, so it really provides you, you know, <laughs> with an ample <laughs> um, variety of sceneries. It actually, what I like to say is that somehow when you visit Kenya, you have kind of compacted 
Africa in one country in one trip because you can see a little bit all the landscapes always quintessentially Africans but you know there is a little bit of everything in just one one place so it's it's actually a very very interesting place from that point of view obviously the wildlife is uh, is a major aspect of uh, visiting Kenya um, but I think landscape wise or even for portrait photographies I think uh, is it's it's an amazing place to be because um, Kenya having 43 different tribes that have very different somatic features um, mm-hmm. has really I mean Are uh, the people uh, open to be photographed there uh, it depends. <laughs> it depends. Um, the very famous Maasai have made a little bit <laughs> a trade of it, so they they accept to be photographed against a little tip or something. Um, but generally speaking, people are friendly, love the camera. So if approached in the right way, I would say that most people will be happy to be photographed. Uh, because uh, Kenyans are very cheerful, are very open, they love talking, meeting new people. Uh, they are generally friendly, so obviously it's a bit a matter of how you approach you know, the shot and the person, but um, they love cameras, that mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> they do. <laughs> so if you were to say, I understand that there's a lot of variety in Kenya, so let's uh, put it like this. If you were to mention the three unmissable experiences that anybody traveling to Kenya with an interest in photography should absolutely do I mean, wildlife probably but but what else what what just name three three locations or three experiences. The safari experience is there obviously is the first one that comes to mind so that is but I would highly recommend also I mean obviously it depends on the style of photography that someone is um, is you know pursuing but I would definitely uh, recommend the coast uh, particularly if you can um, sail on a Dow it's a fantastic experience it gives you possibilities of uh, really creative shots of the coast and also of the um, the fishing life that you know it's characterizing all the coast villages and and, and it's 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 really beautiful. Uh, it's a beautiful sailing boat. It's a beautiful setting. Is is it's really I mean it can really provide fantastic images. And um, I would also recommend a trip to Nairobi. Uh, and um, the Arab towns of, of Mombasa, if someone wants a bit more of travel photography type of photos, because um, the two Arab towns, that's Lamu and Mombasa, have really a very beautiful Arab architecture. So they have the old town perfectly preserved, and it's, 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 it's really beautiful. And uh, Nairobi um, has a very modern side to it, so skyscrapers, big avenues, but has also a very intact uh, side to it that really takes you back to current Brixton times. And uh, so very beautiful examples of colonial architecture and, um, you know, Mm -hmm. was the life of the first settlers in the country. 
So there is also that aspect that I think uh, it's uh, it's an added plus compared to other African countries where maybe it's mainly nature only. Yeah, I see. So there's a difference between the coast, which is mostly influenced by the Arab traders, and the interior almost well, looks like maybe black Africa, if that's uh, appropriate. Term to uh, the interior of the country has obviously a very strong uh, colonial history mm -hmm. because that's where you know the British uh, settled, so all uh, Nairobi and the Highlands. So there is still uh, um, you know a strong um, presence in terms of architecture and uh, and uh, yes, uh, the coast is um, is more uh, has been more touched by particularly the influence of the Arabs, the Portuguese. I mean, East Africa and Mombasa particularly was really the gateway to Africa. So they had a lot of, uh, you know, migratory influx in the, in the time. And, uh, and so there is also, that's why also the coastal people have very different features compared to, uh, yeah, the people of the central part of the country because they were more mixed with uh, Indians and uh, Portuguese, Arabs, and uh, yeah. So that's why uh, we, we, we talk about Swahili people and Swahili culture. That is really the culture that kind of um, uh, was born from this cross-cultural mm -hmm. encounter between the Arabs, the Portuguese, and the Africans, the, the native of the land. I see. Um, I would like to talk about uh, what you, you say on the, on your website. I mean, all the things that you do, your definitions that you attach to yourself. Uh, and one that uh, uh, caught my eye is Travel Companion. And I would like to, uh, to quote a little sentence from your website where you say that uh, you wish to inspire people to approach travel as a formative experience and ban tourism from the vocabulary. So can you be more specific about this? What does it mean in practice to to travel with you? <laughs> okay, uh, I mean, I think tourists and travelers are two completely different uh, species. <laughs> they are really different people. I mean, a uh, tourist is someone who is looking for the sun, is looking for relaxation, is looking for uh, a distraction from his day-to-day, -day, uh, and not necessarily is interested in really going deep uh, in exploring and understanding the country that he's visiting or simply even the area next door to his uh, place or where, where he lives. I mean, it doesn't really necessarily mean that there is an interest in it's a person that is looking for a break in his routine uh, for, for many reasons, rest or whatever, but doesn't really necessarily mean that he has an interest uh, in, uh, in understanding the place, the culture, the people, the habits. And uh, I mean, if that wasn't true, uh, tourist villages wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, obviously, hotels wouldn't be serving continental breakfast. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, a traveler is someone who is um, motivated uh, by curiosity, is someone who's traveling to, to discover new places. Um, and is, uh, I believe, taking more the attitude of an observer 
So he's sort of like suspending his judgment and just going open-minded into a place, trying to absorb as much as he can and uh, and definitely be changed by it. You cannot really travel, to my opinion, and come home the same person as you left. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that is what I, I hope I can communicate to the people who travel with me and uh, to the people who read my blog and and go out there trying to explore new places because I I believe traveling is uh, an extremely enriching experience um, that actually um, builds on you and in you and really transforms you every time uh, and um, yeah I just hope to be able to share um, this experience with other people because I had the luck to to be able to have it and understand it and therefore pursue it. Not everyone maybe has been exposed to real travel. <laughs> I would like to ask, uh, how did your background in, in philosophy, your studies in philosophy and maybe your uh, interest in esotericism uh, influence your attitude towards travel? If it did, I mean, that's just uh, an idea that came to my mind that maybe <laughs> your, your approach to travel is influenced by what you studied, but your interests? Uh, I mean, I think philosophy uh, helps everything in the sense that is, uh, I always say it's a sort of a gymnastic for the brain. It definitely teaches you to be open, to be curious about other points of views, other ways of, you know, reading reality and uh, cultures and political systems or whatever. I mean, philosophy is a very, very wide, <laughs> wide basket <laughs> where you can put basically everything. So definitely, I think if you are someone who went and studied philosophy, <laughs> uh, like I did spontaneously, <laughs> you actually for, for sure are a person that is curious about, uh, you know, understanding the reality around you. Mm-hmm. So that is for sure what uh, it, I don't think it specifically helped me um, in anything, but it's just, as I said, more of, a, of an attitude or, or a predisposition state of mind, I would say. So yeah, that probably is. That's why I kept philosopher because I think um, there is a, a search for something in our travels as well search for understanding, a search for ourselves, a search is always about that question or the questions that we ask ourselves. <laughs> okay, that's great. Uh, but in practice, it means as a, as a travel companion, you offer your services to, to people who want to travel. I was seeing on your website that you have, uh, uh, you offer tours to parts of Italy, like Milan or, or the lakes. But will this change now that you've moved to the UK again? Yeah, obviously, unfortunately, I won't be able to do the day tours anymore because it's simply not practical or economical for anyone. But I'm still uh, available for, uh, you know, longer bespoke uh, tours in the area because it's an area that I know very well. Um, I have been uh, having a house at the Lake Maggiore for the past 20 years as well. So I, I, I'm in love with several little lakes in the area that people sometimes skip they are not you know the one on the major's itinerary so definitely if someone is interested i'm still available for longer 
bespoke experiences or you know something we can discuss and organize um by the way where where can people find about those tools what's your website the website is www.styleforwonderlust.com okay well, we'll put a links uh, a link in the show notes but besides italy and maybe england in the future uh, I would like to, to make a little announcement because we talked a lot about Kenya and a little bit of background because we, I got to know you, Stefania, because uh, we're thinking of doing a little trip together to Scotland, which unfortunately you were not able to make. That was last year, but we we started talking, we became friends, and uh, so there was born the, the idea of doing a little tour of Kenya right because that's the the place that you love and that you know very well i don't know it i've never been to kenya but i'm i'm trusting your judgment <laughs> it's a, that it's a great place to visit uh, i'm pretty sure i mean i've seen photos and i had that in that in my mind so that's a great opportunity for me to to visit kenya and and for you to to go back and we are going to to be organizing this this tour we actually just uh, finished launching it uh, just giving, going to give our listeners, in case they're interested, a little bit of a, a, a background about it. So we're going to be in Kenya in April 2020, and the most likely dates are will be starting on April 17. That's the date. So if you happen, you're listening to here, and you happen to be interested in Kenya. Um, and free in that time frame we'll be glad to have you on board it will be like a 10-day tour with a possibility of extensions will be a, a small tour a small group very small group uh, and we'll be doing travel i mean we'll not be doing tourists we'll not just be doing the safari we we call it the nature and culture of kenya tour because we will be touching many aspects of the country it's not just the wildlife we will do a safari we will do a couple of days in the in the Masai Mara this included but we also um, maybe you want to, to I've just named those places you if you want to add some details we go to the giraffe manor in Nairobi or an elephant orphanage uh, near Nairobi I believe we'll visit the, the yep go ahead please oh yeah Okay, so we will start off with Nairobi with a little bit of tour of the iconic places. Uh, you've quoted the Nairobi Giraffe Center. That is a center where some um, almost endangered species of giraffe were saved initially, and they stayed. They're very friendly. You can actually feed them. Um, they are very cheeky, so it's 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 kind of an, an experience. <laughs> and then we will visit the... Um, the David Sheldrake Wildlife Trust, that is an orphanage uh, for elephants, for baby elephants that are found in the wild, um, having lost their mother or, you know, some other <laughs> uh, issues, and they are saved and then reintroduced into the wild by this trust that has been working in Kenya for many, many years. Again, the little baby elephants are fed by bottles, and it, it's a very it's a very sweet experience. We will visit, of course, current Blixen Museum, because that's a must. Uh, it's a bit uh, the... Uh, the one European that brought uh, Kenya onto the map and to the masses later on with a very famous out of Africa movie with uh, Marilyn Streep and Robert Redford. <laughs> and if time permits, we will have uh, a picnic on Lake Magadi, uh, 
There is a lake just outside Nairobi. Um, we will cross the Rift Valley, and it's a salt lake. So um, uh, it's a very special uh, landscape. It feels like a bit like you are on the moon, and there are hot springs in the lake as well. Mm. So while we are cooking, we can actually have a dip in the hot springs as well. Uh, Nairobi is also famous for the coffee and tea plantations that are around town, particularly on the northern part of, of, of the town. And uh, that would be a little bit our tour of Nairobi that will take us to different areas. And um, obviously, we will try to treat ourselves also with some good dining because Nairobi has some amazing restaurants. So <laughs> a little bit of, of good dining and um, yeah, just exploring the city, which is very, very different from uh, the north to the south. So the south is Karen, one of the areas that is more known because of current Blixen and the north uh, that is a bit more the newer area uh, where Muthaiga is and other very famous areas of town. And then we will, um, I decided to choose Lake Nevasha for the lakes. I mean, there are many, many very beautiful lakes in Nairobi, so near Nairobi, so it's, it's, a, it's a tough choice. But Nevasha has a very special um, vegetation and has the one big advantage of uh, having wildlife, but having no cats and no elephants. So it's one of the few places where you can have a walking safari, uh, really literally walking in between giraffes, zebras, antelopes, without the risk of mm. doing it in other parts of the countries. So in total <laughs> safety and relaxation. Uh, this is also why it was chosen to shoot some of the scenes of uh, out of Africa. And um, yeah, it's, it's really a beautiful lake where there are very flourishing uh, florist industries and, and, and other things. And then, uh, obviously, to touch the safari experience that cannot be missed, we have chosen Masai Mara because, uh, okay, it's one of the best reserves in the world for wildlife um, and one of those that has the oldest camps. So we were actually staying in a camp that was built in 1919 and is still run by the same family. Um, that's that's really a beautiful experience also to, to have a feel of what safari looked like in those times. <laughs> and to complete our trip, we will uh, visit the Lamu Archipelago uh, with Lamu Town. As I mentioned before, it's a beautiful um, Arabic-styled um, town. And, um, okay, it's one of the of the areas where the sea is really at its best. <laughs> we are the same um, longitude of, of Bali, of the Maldives, of Seychelles. I mean, it's really a pure white sands, tropical paradise, uh, where, you know, we can kind of close our trip and relax and uh, who wants can stay on. <laughs> so. It looks great. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited we're able to do craft such a, such an itinerary because you, you said, I mean, Kenya is all about the the huge variety of, of scenery, of experiences, of cultures, of life and wildlife and, and nature. And uh, we, we, we try to give a little bit of everything of nature on the sea, nature and the on the lakes, uh, the the reserves, the, 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 the savanna and and the city and everything, the culture, the Karen Blixen, uh, those names that come to mind when one thinks of Kenya and out of Africa and all those things. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, so 
uh, right now we're at the stage where we have a, a pre-sale campaign in act uh, you can find everything about it at my tours website that's tours.ucphoto.me and of course it's going to be me and stefania here who will be leading this tour but with the collaboration of uh, uh, local very reputed uh, tour operator we're just uh, going to, to go on private vans and four by fours and uh, do a private DAO cruise in the archipelago and those kind of uh, experiences so there's this uh, pre-sale campaign you can uh, sign up for it uh, and get a very good discount at this moment it's not going to last long uh, so check out my tours website at tours.ucphoto.me uh, and on the homepage or on the main menu, we'll find a link to the Kenya Culture and Nature Tour of 2020. And I think also on your website, uh, uh, Stefania, it's styleforwanderlust.com. There will be a link to the to sign up page so people can easily find it. We'll put links in the show notes. Uh, so that that's that's really all. I don't want to take up much space on this podcast for uh, promoting our tour, but I thought it would be interesting for if people are interested in in Kenya to to know about it and maybe grab this uh, this unique opportunity. That's uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. Unless you want to to add something more. No, I mean we've tried to squeeze as much as we could into it. It's really uh, I think a lifetime journey. So I hope people. To join us there <laughs> aside from this anything you would like to to add about uh, about yourself parting thoughts as i said i'm a traveler i'm a traveler in places in life been changing skin several times my last adventure is photography that i discovered by chance and um, fell in love with it so i'm very happy of this uh, new phase of my of my life that is taking me places um, with my camera and uh, meeting lots of very interesting people um, so that's my continuation of the journey and yeah <laughs> very very blessed <laughs> to be able to do this okay good it was uh, great to have you on the show um, uh, happy that uh, our listeners uh, got to know you and I hope we'll, uh, we'll meet soon um, so that's it for this week's episode. I would just like to remind everybody that you can find it with all the show notes, uh, links to the things that we mentioned uh, at our website at ttim.photo. Uh, by the way, this is going to be episode, let me see, just so I can give you a direct link because this is episode. Da, 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 167 so you'll find everything at ttim.photo slash 167 uh, as for me you can find everything about me at uh, www.ucphoto.me and for the Kenya tour and all the other tours that I'm organizing at um, tours.ucphoto.me as for my co-host Ralph Velasco who unfortunately could not be with us today you will find everything about him at photoenrichment.com or on social media as at Ralph Velasco or at photoenrichment. That's really all for today. Now let's get out and shoot. <laughs>